Hello and welcome to the first edition of Beings Champions Club. It's a very exclusive club for winners only, which is why I have a star-studded, medal-laden lineup for week number one. With me today are three men who struck gold on their search for silverware. Wales manager Ryan Giggs, who as a Manchester United player won the Premier League on 13 occasions. No one has won it more. Jens Lehmann won titles in Italy, Germany and, of course, England as one of Arsenal's invincibles. And John Barnes, a strategic part of the last Liverpool squad to lift the championship. Gents, great to have you here on the very first BN's Champions Club. Before we talk about those memories of those great years, perhaps a quick line from you all on the coronavirus crisis. And Ryan, if I can come to you first as Wales boss, um, how have you been affected by the Euros being put back 12 months? Yeah, obviously we were looking forward to the summer. Um, we've had to change, obviously, understandably. Um, actually, it's not affected us too much in regards we're just going to replicate what we were supposed to do this summer, uh, next summer, really, with a build-up. Um, I think the main thing is it looks like I'm not going to be seeing the players, obviously, for a long time. This is the biggest break that you have between the, the, play, uh, between the clubs and international football, November to March. And now it's going to be probably about a year or just under a year before I see the players. So, um, yeah, obviously it's disappointing, but understandably as well. And um, I think the welfare and um, making sure that everyone is, is safe and well obviously comes before football at this time. Yes, there's a sense for you that in Germany things may actually start first. You may be the sort of the guys who break ground in Europe. I hope so, because uh, we've been told all the time that there are certain uh, thresholds, uh, numbers, um, which we have to actually meet before um, easing the lockdown. And uh, we've reached that numbers now by far, but the politicians are still uh, cautious, understandably. Um, so they're letting us off the lead, but not completely. But our league is supposed to start on the 9th of May. Um, unfortunately, without audience, but we are all looking forward to see something on telly. John, for you, Liverpool was was buzzing, um, and to have it snatched away from you at that time, understandably slow. Uh, so, but how has the city sort of reacted to this, and how desperate are Liverpool and the club to get back on a on a pitch and win this title? Well, as you know, Liverpool is always buzzing, no matter what happens in the world. So we're okay. Half the city are, are, I won't say devastated, but half the city are cautiously, cautiously optimistic in terms of trying to get back. And the other half of the city are delighted. And we know what half that is. That's the blue half. So, of course, um, from a footballing perspective, yeah, things will get back to normal. But as Ryan says, Ryan has said the most important thing is to keep people safe. And what you can't do is make an exception for football, regardless of how much we think football, how important it is, how much it means to everyone. The safety of the public is the most important thing. So we can't... We are, have to go along with whatever's happening in society. When people can get back to their normal jobs, their normal lives, that's when football can start again. As to whether it's going to be behind closed doors as it is in Germany, we don't know. But we still really have to go along with what the experts say in terms of when everybody can get back to normality. And for you, Ryan, do you just move everything on 12 months? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we had a um, training camp um, end of May. Um, we had a little few mini camps in between um, for the championship players. 
Um, but yeah, that's the case. And we just see where we are. Um, I'm always someone who tries to look at the positives and I've just touched on them. You know, the players, um, Joe Allen, who was um, a huge player for us during the qualifying, he would have missed out this summer. Now, um, injury permitting, he'll be, he'll be available next summer. And we've got a lot of young players within the squad who will be a year um, older, a year more experienced. And the older players, you know, I'm talking older players, they're 29, 30. So it isn't going to make that much of a difference. So I'm looking at it positively. Of course, we had a bit of momentum and we'd have loved to have played this summer. We prepared and everything. But um, yeah, we'll just see where we are next summer. And hopefully we'll be in a better place than, than we are now. And it, does it give you a bit more time? It, you know, it gives you an extra year, as it were, to, to get your part of the job right? Well, I think it's an interesting time for international football. It will be next summer because we'll have um, the Euros and then straight into World Cup qualifying. And then the next year, obviously, is, is the World Cup in Qatar. So um, it'd be really condensed um, from an international um, game point of view. And one that I think you can gather some momentum. So I'm quite looking forward to it. It'll be obviously stressful. It'll be hard. But um, the games will come thick and fast um, this time next year. So, um, again, looking at the positives, we hopefully can get some momentum going into the Euro and then the World Cup qualifiers. But I think everyone has to adapt. Because what's happened, Ryan made the point about Joe Allen and people coming back. But what we don't know is that in the year until that actually happens, you may get more injuries. People may lose form. You really don't know. So from Ryan's perspective, this momentum that they had going in was so invaluable because, of course, yes, you may miss Joe Allen, but the confidence that the Welsh team were playing with, I'm sure that, you know, you'd much rather have got it, got it out of the way. So, yeah, you do take positives out of it. But this is a problem that we have in the world that we all have to adapt to, regardless of what the situation is going to be. Like when we start again, if we start again in England, we're hoping that Liverpool can win two games, you know, of the nine to go. And in fact... We didn't have momentum because we lost, you know, against Watford and then we didn't do particularly well going out to the FA Cup. So, you know, you can, you can spin it whichever way you want. Can I ask a question? When you play, when you have to qualify for the World Cup in Qatar, do you have to play these games after the summer? Now it's not a break anymore, but after summer uh, due to your normal schedule or do you have to restart after the European Championships? Yeah, it's after uh, the European Championship. So as soon as the European Championships finish, um, we start the qualifiers in the international window. Of course, it's a little bit later the next year, so it's a little bit different. Obviously, the seasons um, domestically will be a um, will, will change a touch. But I think um, John's just touched on it. It's a really interesting couple of years, but obviously with the World Cup being at a different time as well, that we need to give play. We want to get everyone back playing, but also we need them windows where the players can't be just playing non-stop for two, two and a half years. I think we have to, we have to uh, talk about when we can start playing again, rather than thinking so far to the future to say we have to kick off next season, we have to hit these targets, we really don't know when we're going to be playing again to then determine where we're going to be in a year's time. Jens, let's look back first to your time as an invincible in 2004 with Arsenal. And uh, with that in mind, I wonder what your feeling was when Liverpool lost their unbeaten record against Watford at Vicarage Road earlier this year. Liverpool losing to Watford was very unlikely. Uh, but then I got proof and I thought, well, probably it's not that easy to go through a season being unbeaten. Uh, you need to have a little bit of luck, even if uh, your form is not the greatest. And at that day, Liverpool didn't seem to have... Good luck. 
John, was it was there any emphasis on on having an unbeaten season, or was it purely you know ending thirty years of, of not winning the title? Well, of course, you don't you don't end thirty years of not winning the title until until you've actually mathematically won it. Um, and every time from I've been at Liverpool, and I'm sure Ryan in the end would have been the same, when Arsenal started their unbeaten season, what they have to try and focus on is not losing this game rather than thinking about the season. And I'm sure Liverpool would not have been thinking with 15 games to go, 10 games to go, let's go this season unbeaten. What they're focusing on is can we not lose this particular game? And if you have that attitude in every game, then you've got a chance of, of going through the season unbeaten. So I don't think that was necessarily, that was more to do with maybe the fans, maybe the, maybe the media. But of course, winning the league is the most important thing and trying your best not to lose any given game. So, yeah, the Watford game was one that they actually lost. In fact, they, they, they probably, in three or four previous games, they didn't play well enough to win them, but they didn't lose. And this is what football is. You know, you can't, as Jens said, you have to have a little bit of luck. And they had luck in getting that far unbeaten, but unfortunately for them, but that's not important. You know, yes, it had been great, but it's not important to go through the whole season unbeaten. It's important, you know, to win the league at the end of the season. But for an Arsenal fan, and for you as an invincible Jens, did, did it mean you know, more that actually for another year or it could be another 10, 20 years, you remain an invincible and the only invincible, um, obviously apart from that Preston side? Well, uh, I think at the time when we won it, uh, without losing a game, um, we didn't perceive it as being that big. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, uh, like today, you're always confronted with that achievement. Um, I remember a game, uh, my, one of my first games ever in England, because it was my first season there, uh, when we played Ryan at uh, Manchester United. And we had that luck when uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy, instead of uh, putting a penalty last minute in, he only hit the crossbar. So uh, very, very tiny margins all of a sudden make such a big difference. Um, I know that we had a great team at the time. Uh, Manchester United as well, we were competing. Um, and so just sometimes uh, very tiny details made a difference. And what was your year, expe- expectation, though, when you, came to, when you came to England? As you said, it was your first season. So uh, coming over, what was your expectation? Because there was a huge rivalry between Arsenal and certainly uh, Manchester yeah, United. And United yeah, yeah, I only found out when I played there first because um, it was different to Germany. All of a sudden, people came and uh, pushed each other. Sometimes they punched each other and the referee didn't get in. And even after that uh, incident at the end, I thought, wow, it's great here in England. Yeah, and people insulting each other, um, hitting each other, and nobody sees a red card. <laughs> but then I learned that four or five days later, I think four of us and two or three of uh, United's players uh, got suspended. So it was a different learning. What was your feeling, Ryan? I mean, it was only game six of the season. So actually, it strangely has got uh, um, more important as uh, in time gone by rather than at the time. Or, or am I wrong? Did it feel like a huge game at the time? Yeah, at that time, obviously, the rivalry with Arsenal was huge. So it did feel like a um, a big game, and especially at home. Um, you know, you expected to to, to win um, for United. And just going back on Jens, I was one of them players who got suspended. Me and Cristiano, can you believe it? <laughs> two heavyweights, two wingers. <laughs> what have you done? Fighting, we were the ones, yeah, we were the ones who got fined. So, um, but it was just, at that time, it was um, ferocious, the... Um, the rivalry between the managers and the teams. And I think the teams were so alike. You know, they had so many good players um, and players who who could um, 
mix it, but also play good football. So at, at, even at that early stage, you, you look at the fixtures when they come out and you, you weigh them out the big ones. And that was certainly one of the big ones because the teams were so alike. And do you think the frustration was um, because it was Arsenal, because of the way the game went, because it wasn't won in, in those closing moments or um, because of what Martin Keown did? What do you think sort of sparked it all off? Or was it a bit of everything? That was a game that was, even though the rivalry was big, there was not always, um, not always a lot of incidents. Um, sometimes there was, and they were big ones. But this one was particularly yellow cards, stupid fouls. Um, the game never really got going, and um, it was one of them games that just turned a little bit nasty. Um, and of course, both teams had players that that could provoke the opposition. So. And the will to win. It just—it was one of them games where it just turned nasty um, for ninety minutes, and um, yeah, it will be remembered for for the uh, missed penalty. Obviously, Rude had the chance to win the game. I, that might have been the first penalty that he missed because he never really missed penalties. Um, but yeah, after that, like Yen said, you know, the games that um, the leagues that we won, um, you always have that little bit of luck, and then you've got to capitalize on that luck. And Arsenal did. When you talk about rivalries, it happens to do with the to, to do with the two best teams at that particular time. It's nothing to do with Arsenal and, and, and Manchester United. In the eighties, Everton and Liverpool is because they were the two best teams. So it's it's magnified and it's highlighted. They were the two best teams in the country. And even after five six games, the the game that you're talking about there, you knew that one of those two were going to be first and the other one was going to be second. So that was the real highlight of it. So. Even though the names are Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Man-, Man City, even if you look at Manchester City and Manchester United now, the rivalry really is like from last season was between Man City and Liverpool because they're the teams going for the title. As much as you may say Man City and Man United are, are the rivals, but I remember that game. Um, and of course, you mentioned um, and, and Jens will know him very well, Martin Keogh. Now Martin Keogh will cause a fight in a phone booth. I mean, the amount of times in training, as Jens will know, that Martin Keown will upset even his own players in training, that when you have players like himself and Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira, it just magnified it even more. So Jens, you would have, you would have experienced Martin even in training, I should imagine. Yeah, I mean, we were always competitors. And uh, it's probably a little bit of a difference uh, to generations now. In training, it was very hard because when you were on the losing side, you had to get going and you had to get others going. And then you started arguing and uh, sometimes fighting. But uh, when you look at it now, I think that's what actually was needed uh, to create such an atmosphere you were describing. When you sat you know, back in the, the changing room after that game, yeah, you're looking at your um, players, your teammates in the eye. Were you looking around going, wow, this is, this is an unusual um, sort of precedent that's just been set. I, I've not experienced that. Um, I was actually, I remember after that game, I wasn't looking into the eyes of my teammates. I was looking into the eyes of Arsene because he was having uh, Alex Ferguson at a short distance like that. Yeah, here at the, uh, at the, uh, he grabbed him and uh, uh, each of them were very angry and they nearly started to fight each other. So it wasn't about me or the players, it was more about the manager. <laughs> Mild-mannered Arsene, I don't believe it. And what, what were they saying to each other at that time if they can be, that can be repeated? I forgot. I forgot. I came in late and I remember that there was uh, two crowds of people uh, confronting each other and I spilled some of my water onto them. <laughs> and that, uh, accidentally, of course, 
and it was funny it was funny to watch and i wasn't involved so and you always expect me to be involved but i wasn't involved in these situations probably ryan was again <laughs> and how did that change sort of, sort of matters on on the say on the training ground on the monday or the tuesday when it, whenever you were all back together did you talk about it then yeah but i can't remember anymore of course we were talking but i i, I can't remember i think we were waiting for a fines uh, to be handed out to us and of course to united but Angus, this is a cultural thing. This is a cultural thing because I remember even at Watford and Liverpool, they were always fighting, you know, in training with each other, uh, in games, because the cameras weren't there and it wasn't reported. But things like that happened at Manchester United and, and, and Arsenal in that particular high-profile game. That was happening regularly in English football, even maybe not so much in the Premier League. But I'm sure when Ryan first started as a young kid, he would have seen bust-ups in the changing room, in the dressing rooms, on the pitch. So maybe it was... Strange for Jens coming from Germany, it may not happen. But I grew up with that kind of aggression in, in English football, you know, in, in, in normal everyday, everyday life. I can tell you I grew up with it as well because I started when I was 17 or 18 uh, for Schalke. And I was playing in the second division in Germany. And I was playing with, true, with real men who were fighting in each training and each game for their mortgages uh, their little bonuses, um, a new car, whatsoever. And that probably has changed because now players are doing so well and they have a mentality sometimes, okay, I leave you in peace or alone and you leave me alone because we are all doing really well. But at the time, it was different. You remember. So, Sir Alex used to stop training sometimes if he got too feisty. And it was usually the game before, the, the little five-a-side you have before the game on a Friday. Say you're playing on a Saturday, we would only have like a seven or eight minute um, small sided game, and very often he'd stop it after five or six minutes because someone was going to get injured, mm-hmm. and whoever started it, you'd be going back to the dressing room going, "Why'd you spoil it?" You know that was the game that we'd look forward to all week, yeah. and we'd only yeah. had five or six minutes. But yeah, like like John said, it happens all the time because you had when you have players like that who are competitive. If you lost that game on the Friday, you were in a bad mood all day. Because you wanted to win that game, and that's the game before the Saturday where it's supposed and that's to with your teammates. So when, yeah, that's with your teammates. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Towards the end of that season, one more thing, Jens, when you you were obviously unbeaten going into Christmas, and when the uh, you weren't um, top though towards the end of the season, and but then you had a bad week, didn't you? You were knocked knocked out of two cups, and you remember that semi-final obviously against Ryan and his, his wonder goal and I think you've been beaten by Chelsea as well in, in that week um, and then you played Liverpool on, on Good Friday uh, and that was sort of a turning point to, to secure uh, a win for you and a championship Yeah, what I didn't understand and sometimes it still happens to big teams that um, the Premier League puts you on a schedule where you have to perform at the end of the season in 10 days, what happened to us at the time, against top, top teams. And no team, however, how, how good it is, can perform every two or three days on such a high level. That was our uh, disadvantage when we got knocked out, for example, against Chelsea. And I remember I made a mistake against Chelsea because we played a brand new Nike ball. And it came swerving like that. And I couldn't stop it. I couldn't catch it. And um, it was a draw then, uh, I think it was, was it uh, Frank Lampard? And then at, in the last minute, because we were all of a sudden, we were so tired, um, we couldn't uh, defend a, a draw. 
and we've lost that game. Ryan, let's turn our attention to your treble winning season, 1998-1999. And before that season started, there were quite a few changes in personnel, weren't there? Yeah, there were some big players who left, big personalities, um, but also some big players coming in as well. Dwight York, uh, Jesper Blomqvist and, and Yap Stam. So, yeah, um, the, the, the Champions League was the holy grail for us. You know, obviously we'd done well domestically and um, we'd come close a few times um, in the Champions League, quarterfinals, semi-finals. So the manager strengthened the team and we felt like we had a team to, to compete, to compete. And But that was the one. That was the one in the Champions League. Also, the year before, obviously, Arsenal had won the double. double. So we wanted to get that Premier League um, trophy back. Um, but we had the squad to, 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 co- to cope with that and to compete. You feel there was the, there was the ability to cope on all three fronts. Nowadays, we talk about you know the quadruple is is not possible, even a treble. Even though uh, City got a domestic treble, it's really hard and, and it really stretches your squad. But to do it in in '99 and to win that treble was was also uh, exceptional at that time. Yeah, well, first of all, we had the nucleus of a of a team, uh, five or six players who could play 50, 60 games. So Schmeichel. Um, Yap Stam, Gary Neville, David Beckham, Roy Keane, um, Dwight York. These were all players who went through the whole season without injury and had previously got through seasons playing 50, 60 games. And then you had um, the likes of myself, um, Jesper Blomquist, um, Paul Scholes, Nicky Butt, both playing in midfield. And then you had the, the four front lads, you know, Dwight York, Andy Cole, Teddy Sheringham, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. So we had the nucleus of players who would play 60 games, more or less. But then also we were able to freshen it up with other players. Liverpool in the 80s, even before I came, when they won the league, they played 60 games with 14 players. Yes, the players are important, but it's the mentality that you actually have, knowing that when you go into each game, there are no excuses. And that Man United team in 99, there are times and there are games, we're going to come on to the Champions League final in a minute, when no matter what was happening, even if you're not playing well, you knew you could, and the Arsenal team who went through and beat the Invincibles, you didn't play well, but you knew you had the character not to lose. And I think that Man United in 99, that's what they had. They had that mentality that... We can compete on all fronts and there are no excuses, no matter what injuries we got. And those two teams, Arsenal in 2000 and the Invincibles and the Man United team in 99, more than anything else, they were great players, but more than anything else, they had the right character and the right attitude. That was obviously driven by Roy Keane, um, Ryan, but there were, there were other people. Was it instilled or natural in just all the others? It didn't need Roy to drag everyone with him. No, I, I think we had that mentality throughout the squad. Um, obviously, we had we just touched on the new players coming into that squad, and we were hurting. We were hurting after the previous year, you know, going so close, winning the league um, against Arsenal, and Arsenal, um, you know, winning the league and then winning the FA Cup. So we were hurting, and we had players who come in that summer who could see that we were hurting. So the mentality is is huge, um, like John said, you know, not giving in. I'm, the most important thing that season was, well, for me, I, I always felt, even with a couple of minutes to go, we would always get one chance. And when you have that mentality, and then when you have the players who can actually put them chances away, and also the effect it has on the opposition, this Man United team, they always score late on. It has an effect on the opposition as well. So 
it was really important. And you, you need everything. You need that look. You need that mentality. You need the quality. Um, and we, we had that during that season. Who were the strong people in that dressing room to give you an invincible season? Oh, I think it would be unfair to um, highlight uh, players in that respect. I think uh, what Ryan said and what um, John said, the mentality has to be there. And of course, um, the older experienced players, uh, they set the tone and the atmosphere in every session and in the dressing room. And uh, when the young players learn that you cannot afford to lose a single training game, all of a sudden that reflects onto the uh, match days. That's important, I think. I remember watching when Roy Keane met Patrick Vieira some five or so, so years ago doing their documentary and, and the head-to-head, and, and they would talk about a hatred of Arsenal, Roy would say, and, and almost the same from Patrick towards Manchester United. Does it, did it need that intensity to, um, to make you even more successful, Ryan? Um, I don't know if we needed it, but it was there. It was there. I'm starting with the managers. You know, the managers didn't like each other. <laughs> and obviously the media um, made the most of that. And then obviously you have the individual battles. So you have the Vieiras, the Petites, the Skulls, the Keens. You know, big players, but also big characters, big personalities. And um, I think you have your little individual battles all along the pitch. And whoever I was playing against, if I was playing against Lee Dixon or Lauren, um, later on, I didn't particularly like them and I, I didn't want to like them. Um, obviously, then you finish the game and you, you get to know them a lot lot better. I've got to know Jens um, a lot better than when we were playing each other. I didn't like him when we were playing each other because that was the mentality. Um, Robert Perez was one. I mean, he was what a fantastic player, the nicest bloke you're ever going to meet. But when we were playing, I didn't like him. Um, but that was just how it was. That was just how it was. And I don't know whether it... It was it was coming from everywhere. It was coming from the manager. It was coming from the media, um, the pressure, obviously, that you had in these games. So you just went into them games, obviously, focused on doing your job. But there was a certain dislike for the opposition. But what do you have to? Understand? I could have never what imagined. People... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, then. I could have never imagined. I could have never imagined to after the game to go to Ryan or whoever. To have a little chat with him, yeah, and uh, to give high five, yeah, not possible at all. When I see that today, <laughs> all of a sudden that has changed. Yeah, yeah, but it's not personal. Sorry, John, it's not personal. That's Everyone not has personal. To understand no, it's because but, these but are the no, two no top way. I, I, now, if, yeah, uh, no if way, Manchester no United, to, yeah. Manchester United in, in in that period were first and Arsenal were tenth, there would not have been that hatred. There would not have been that rivalry. And Arsene Wenger would not have been Sir Alex Ferguson's rival. They would not have hated each other because there's no rivalry. The rivalry and the hatred, the so-called hatred, came from the fact that they were the two top teams who wanted to be number one. So it wasn't a personal thing that Sir Alex had against Arsene Wenger. Or I remember Kenny Dalglish going through with, with, with Sir Alex as well. Or with, with the Evertonians. So when you talk about a rivalry, it is not a personal situation that, meant that Roy Keane did like Patrick Vieira, because if, as I said, if Arsenal were 10th and Manchester United were 1st, Roy Keane wouldn't even have had an issue with Patrick Vieira. It's more to do with these other two top teams, we're top players, and we want to get one over on them. When things weren't going right, and, and no doubt during 99, that certainly was the case, um, Ryan, you look at you know, the semi-final, uh, the second leg, one you didn't play in, but you'd, you'd scored the equaliser in the, in the home leg, and d- were there... 
at times where players would, uh, do you look to yourselves? Were you looking at various other players on the pitch? Going, we've got to get out of this. We, we've only got, you know, we're 2-0 down uh, after 11 minutes, I think it was. So you're 3-1 down on aggregate. Where's the, um, where's, the, where's the person that you're looking to then? Are you looking at, as a team, as a, you, as a team going, hang on, we are champions, we can get through this? Um, I think that was one of the strengths of, of that team, of that squad, that at different times, different players stood up or they were the difference. You know, Dwight York scoring late on in the last minute against Charlton away. Um, obviously, Roy away in Juventus, having got a yellow card, knowing he's not going to um, get in, uh, be playing in the final, that spurred him on. And he was fantastic that season. So at different at different times, different players would stand up. You know, Pete would make an unbelievable save. So, yeah, it was just a collective thing rather than an individual thing. Individuals at certain times would stand up. But overall, during the season, every player made a contribution. And even though you're talented players at the top of your game, did you still get inspired by your own teammates to perform better? Yeah, yeah, and we just touched on that. That's even in training. Um, you know, you're pushing yourself every day in training. I, I said it, I've said it before, you know, sometimes come the weekend, it was easier than training because, you know, I was against Gary Neville every day, uh, England's right back. I'm not playing against a better right back, usually on that Saturday. So that um, standard and that desire and the quality that we had in training drove each other on, drove each other on to be better players. I'm, I'm really interested in Arsenal and Manchester United at a period in time. Not so much Arsenal, because the Invincible team were a fantastic team who played great football, as were the Man United team. But I've always said about Man United and, and the team, the Man United team in the, in the late 90s to the mid to the late 90s, that when Liverpool, after we won the league, last time we won the league, and we got to 95, 96, 97, and there are times with the Collingwood and the Fowlers, and we were a great side, and Newcastle 4-3 we were playing fantastic football, and we were in with a chance coming into March of thinking, we, you know, we've got a chance of winning the league. And I never felt that we would. And why I felt Man United would was because they weren't necessarily playing sparkling football. But what they would do is they would get the job done. If they're not playing well, they're not going to lose and they're going to win. And that 99, when you look at the Champions League final, you look at games that Ryan spoke about, 3-1 down. It didn't matter even if they weren't playing well. They had that mentality and that attitude that we can get through this. And the testament of a good side is not when the Arsenal team of 2003 were fantastic, you know, they were when they went through the invincible period. The testament of a good side is when things aren't going well, can you come out of it and can you still get a result? And that was what the Manchester United team had, that determination even when things weren't going well. So, you know, when, when you're talking about how did they, Juventus, 3-1 down, 2-0 down against Bayern Munich, and Ryan spoke about, we always felt that we had a chance in us. How can you feel you have a chance in you when you're not playing well, you're not creating chances? If you're playing well, creating chances, and you're not scoring, you're probably going to think, yes, we can, we can score a goal. But how do you have that mentality when you're not playing well, you're not creating chances, you're 1-0 down, two minutes to go, to still have that mentality and that determination to know we can do it? And that's the biggest compliment I can play that Man United team. Yeah, to, answer, to answer your question from before, Angus, sorry, um, about Liverpool. Uh, that probably was our most important game of that season uh, when we had a bad run and we came back in the league against Liverpool. We were down and all of a sudden uh, we had a fantastic moment by Thierry, obviously, uh, and by some others as well, but uh, particularly Thierry Henry. 
and that has changed uh, then our season for the good. John, for you, 1989-1990 was such a terrific season for Liverpool, the last time that Liverpool picked up the championship. But I wonder how you felt at the start of that season because you you must have been smarting uh, to lose the championship to Arsenal the season before. Yes, we um we won the league uh, in my first year, eighty seven, eighty eight. Then we lost the the the, the league to Arsenal the following year. Um, when uh, rumor has it that somebody should have taken the ball into the corner, I'm sure Ryan would not have wanted to dribble the ball into the corner. We were losing one nil to Arsenal at home. I don't know if Jens Jens must know the history of this being an Arsenal player, but losing one nil at home. And if had we lost one nil at home to Arsenal, we still would have won the league. Um, but of course they scored the second in the last. In the 92nd minute, which meant that they won the league, but I would have been happy with with winning the league by losing one nil. So therefore, I was trying to score a goal to equalise and the rest of history. So you know, when you're an entertainer like Ryan and I, we're not gonna we're not gonna just like take the ball in the corner and waste time. <laughs> however, you remember this is this is the yeah, Champions but, Club, Barnsley. I do, but however, however, the next year when we won, we we weren't thinking about the season before very much like when we lost the league then. And I, and I use Manchester United once again. I don't know why I keep going back to them. And, and I remember Ryan giving an interview after Man United won the league one year, and he said straight afterwards how a great and the interviewer was saying how fantastic you must feel. He said, "Yeah, we've done it. We forget about it. We look forward to doing it again the next year," which is our attitude even when we lost. So we lost the league in the last seconds of the game against Arsenal at home. And the first thing we thought of, next season, we've got to do it again. Because when we won the league the year before, we didn't over-celebrate and think how great we were. We have to keep that focus to win again. And how you keep that focus and the determination is when you've done it, win or lose, you work with, with integrity, with honesty, with discipline. And if you win or you lose, you forget about it. So the following season, it had nothing to do with the fact that we lost to Arsenal the year before the last game. We just wanted to just win as many games as we can, and we went on to, to win the league that year. Of course, we didn't think it would be 30 years till we did it again, but at that particular time, it was more to do with the fact that this is what's expected of us. I wished it was so easy to forget about my defeats. <laughs> well, uh, you, uh, you have to, because if you, if you wallow in self-pity and despair when you've lost, how are you going to live, raise yourself to, 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 to go and play again the next, the next year? Similarly, when you win, if you get carried away because you've won and you forget that we've got to, we've got to keep doing this, the, the repetition of success is what's important. It's very easy to win once. How do, you, how do you repeat that success? And how you repeat that success is by having the mentality that it's gone, forget about it. And it's, diffi- it's more difficult to do that with the defeats, I understand, but it's something I, you have I to took do. More, I took more motivation out of the defeats, to be honest. Mm. Do you remember the defeats more than some of the successes yet? Yes, yes, because they were painful. I, remember, I still remember how we lost in the FA Cup against United in that year. Was one nil? I think it was uh, Paul's cold. I remember the Champions League final, obviously. So uh, I remember a World Cup defeat. So I will remember a, a European champion uh, defeat against Spain in the final. So it's difficult to forget about it. Yeah, but if you've had many more victories than defeats. Well, I can't say no. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, not. Ryan probably had with thirteen. Oh, no, 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 uh, not at all. With thirteen. Uh, uh, championship trophies in England. But was that your mentality, Ryan, that it was, okay, we won, but that's what we're here to do. We, we're here to win. We win every year, and then we move on, and we go winning next year. 
yeah, you couldn't take it for granted because um, you would be you come and stock if you did that. And we had a manager, obviously, who just year in year out, he was looking for that. He was looking for that complacency. And there was also a dressing room which really policed itself. But you had the manager just driving you on. If he seen anything, a little spark, little anything in training that you took your foot off the pedal, you were out. And it was as simple as that. And you. Um, the players knew that, and but you know you have your professional pride, and you you try. It's not it's not easy, by the way, because when you win leagues, it is easy to try and enjoy it. But you have to look forward, and you have to remember what got you there. But I, and I, was I it to think that spurred you on, John? Did you think that that's what no, made did you feed, win? Did, did it spur me on? What spurred me on was our our attitude to football, our attitude to our work. That we we worked with authenticity, we worked with discipline, with dedication, and there are times when that isn't going to work. There are times when you are going to lose. Imagine how those Bayern Munich players felt when they did everything right in 1999. They outplayed Manchester United. They won the They hit the post. They could have gone on. And Man United came back and won. There's nothing Bayern Munich could have done about that. They can't beat themselves up over it. They can't say we could have done more. But because what they can say is that if we keep playing in this way with this attitude, we will win more than we, than we lose. So as much as when Ryan's talking about, yes, we year in year out we win, but as Ryan said, the year before they ninety nine they had lost. Now, if they had wanted in self pity and think, well, we've lost the league and and we just feel sorry for ourselves, they would not have gone on to do what they do in ninety nine. So your attitude when you've won and your attitude when you lost is as long as you have played to your maximum, you played with the right authenticity, the right dedication, the right spirit. There are going to be times when you're going to lose, but you know that if you keep on with that attitude, you will win more than you lose. So what was your attitude in that November of that season? Because if you recall, you lost three games uh, that November and you had to go back to Hillsborough um, for the first time after the disaster. Can you remember what that felt like? I was just so happy to be playing football again. You know, and John Aldridge reminded me of this a few years ago. When that last game of the season when we lost to Arsenal to lose the league, we had to play, if I'm not mistaken, four or five games in two weeks. And don't forget, this is after, you know, we've had a semi-final, we've got, we've got a cup final, now we have to play five league games in two weeks when we haven't played for a while. And the euphoria of being back involved in football carried us through those games. And I remember the last game before the Arsenal game, I think we won four or five, which meant then we had a better goal difference than Arsenal. Now, if we didn't have a better goal difference than Arsenal and we needed to have won that game at home against Arsenal, who knows what would have happened. But I don't know whether the fact that we could afford to lose at home to Arsenal and the fact that we had a better goal difference made that we approached the game in the wrong way. Or maybe that it was just a bridge too far. We played so many games and, and, and maybe because, not, not because of Hillsborough at all, but because we had so many games to play and to catch up, that last game against a very good Arsenal side was just a little bit too far. But the biggest lesson I learned from that, I, I want to tell you the biggest message I, lesson I learned from that was the year before when we won the league, Ronnie Moran came in with the winner's medals in a plastic bag. And all he said was preseason training July the 7th. We didn't get carried away with the fact we'd won the league. And that year against Arsenal, came in after the game, loses medals. And all he said was preseason training July the 7th. We didn't make a song and dance and, and wallow in self-pity because we lost, because he knew you have to raise yourself up again the following season. So what was what was an Arsenal? What was a Arsene Wenger celebration then, Jens? If you you know you win the title, you'd been unbeaten. You had an invincible season. Was it there are your medals and uh, right? We'll, we'll see you back in July. To be honest, that was the most disappointing experience in England because I thought they were good at partying after <laughs> such a trophy. And you know, in our team, we had to organize something ourselves. 
And my wife, for example, I still uh, she's still on my back because of that. My wife got dressed, and then I got a phone call. No, it's only for players, not for uh, not for the partners, for the uh, uh, girlfriends. And um, that was really disappointing, I have to say. Yeah, we just yeah, you should have been the there in '94 with the old Tony Adams on Paul Merson. I think you would have enjoyed probably, the party yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I came at the wrong time there. Uh, yeah. Then, sorry. And Ryan, what were you doing after? You know, well, 13 times you won a Premier League title. It must get boring having a party after each one of those. No, I think you have to celebrate because um, it's so hard doing it. Um, you have to celebrate, but it's interesting what John said there. I mean, the, probably one of the best celebrations we had was we got beat off Everton in the FA Cup final in 95. And Sir Alex made a speech and he said, listen, it's been a tough couple of, because we'd lost the league uh, the week before, um, not beating West Ham. And he said, listen, it's been a tough season. Um, you, you couldn't have done any more. We'll go again next year. Make sure you enjoy yourself. And that was one of the best parties when we got beat. Obviously, in 99, that was a bit different. When you put so much work in, you have to celebrate and celebrate with your family, the staff, you know, your friends, because they were all in it together because they sometimes have to take the stress when you come home and you're not happy. So, um, yeah, you have to celebrate the wins. Gentlemen, our time is up. It has been great to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Ryan Giggs, Jens Lehmann and John Barnes. You have been watching Beans Champions Club and we'll see you next time.